This podcast is brought to you by impacteers.club. What's the secret to getting yourself hired? Well, that's the million dollar question every college graduate has, and we're cracking the code of how tech companies hire and take a peek inside the HR curtain. Tune into our Tech Career show for a full reveal of all the secrets of landing your dream job. And now, introducing your host. Hey everybody and welcome to the Tech Career show. In this episode, SaaS Industry co-founder Benjamin Matthew gets virtually up close and professional and a little personal with Rejo Matthew, Vice President of Cloud Migration Services at Rivermeadow. Ben explores what makes Rejo a multi-potentialite and how that characteristic has come into play in his multifaceted tech career and eventual growth towards becoming a VP at Rivermeadow. From blasting rocks to moving clouds, listen on to hear Rijo's incredible journey of having lived and worked in three continents, multiple key pivots, and garnering valuable experience along the way. Enjoy. Hey Rijo, welcome to the Tech Career Show. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you here with us. Likewise, Ben. Thanks, thanks for having me on this. Uh, it's been, uh, I've, I've listened to a couple of your shows already and it's quite interesting. Oh, wow. Okay, so we've got a fan. <laughs> Oh, yes. Almost. Oh, yes. Avid follower. <laughs> <laughs> Glad to hear that. Glad to hear that, Rijo. Awesome. So um, just to give the listeners a quick understanding about who you are and where you come from, right? Um, could you do a quick intro? Uh, sure. I, I normally speak a lot, so I'll, I'll try and keep it succinct. Uh, so my name is Rejo Matthew. Uh, I am the VP of Cloud Migrations for River Meadow. Uh, we are a migration company that has our own IP. Uh, yep. It helps migrate people from point A to point B. But on a personal front, I've lived and worked in uh, three different continents. Uh, I'm an extroverted introvert uh, and a proud multipotentialite. Uh, you know, I, I've being a multipotentialite, I've got too many interests to mention, but uh, crazy about sci-fi and absolutely nuts about animals. Okay. We'll touch on both of that, sci-fi and animals, but um, first we'll touch on tech. Um, how, how was your journey to, uh, becoming the vice president at Revermeadow? Um, what was it like? You said you, you, you've been through three countries, three continents, actually. Okay. Three continents. Okay. Wow. So it's, uh, the, the best way I can put it is it's, it's about constant pivoting, right? Um, getting here has been interesting. The journey is an interesting one because I started off in the Middle East. Uh, that's what I spent most of my youth. Uh, then moved over to India, did my schooling there as well. Uh, finished my schooling, moved over to Chennai, uh, did, did my undergrad. And, and from there, spent 10 years in South Africa. Uh, and I believe from one of your podcasts, I understand you're from Botswana as well. So uh, very close by, eh? <laughs> yes, totally. And, and, and post that, uh, you know, eventually traveled the world and ended up in Canada, uh, like a lot of people these days. Uh, and, and that's been my personal journey. But from a tech front, uh, started mm-hmm. off life as an instrumentation engineer, uh, did a postgrad in mining engineering. So basically on rock mechanics and blasting technology and so on and so forth. Um, and eventually landed up in tech out of all the places. So like I said, constant pivots, constant reassessments and, and, uh, moving from there. Oh, wow. Okay. So, um, 
I've got too many points here to talk about. <laughs> like totally scatterbrained right now. Africa, Middle East, um, Chennai. We're based out of Chennai at this point in time. So, oh, nice. Um, nice, nice, nice. So, you know, um, I can see there are places that you've been where um, we've been. I mean, I've had overlaps. I've, I grew up in Africa. So it's, a, it's quite an interesting um, narrative. Um, but why did you choose um, rock mechanics or... Um, it, that's right, right? Rock mechanics, is that the term? Pretty much, yes. That's okay. that's right. That's right. So, um, you know, um, getting... So let's let's start from the Middle East. And, and, you know, growing up in the Middle East, you're in a bubble. And uh, when I hit the age of 13, uh, my dad decided, listen, this boy needs to learn where he's coming from because if you don't know where you come from, you don't know where you're going to. Identity and crisis. Absolutely. So plucked me out of there, landed me in, in Trivandrum, Kerala, in a school... Uh, you know, multifaceted in the sense of people from all walks of life. And at the point, I hated it completely, but then uh, I grew to love it, right? And that's that's where I totally understood the aspect of getting involved in multiple things, right? So I, I've been an introvert all my life, uh, but the extroverted aspects came out from, from school itself. Um, okay. So got involved in everything under the sun from singing to to writing theater to uh, god knows what else <laughs> track and field and, and all sorts of stuff and uh, and, nice. and from there you know it was basically the the idea was i i, I wanted to get into uh, english lit i want to get into uh, go and do some stuff at film school be a lawyer i even uh, got into the national defense academy uh, wow. and decided not to go um, and so <laughs> I, that I, point, I would have had to say yes, major right now, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I would be court-martialed given how renegade I am. <laughs> <laughs> but still, I mean, wow. That's, I mean, you had so many options in front of you. P- pretty much. And that, that is the case, right? A lot of us are lost at that time on what to do. And then, you know, given the generation that, that I'm from, and I think both of us are pretty much in the same generation, born in the 80s, uh, late late 80s or early 80s, where, mm-hmm. you know, parents basically decide, okay, you can be a doctor or you can be uh, an engineer. And I dropped biology. <laughs> so okay. engineering was what was forced upon me. Uh, and that too, in a in a in a state in a city that I knew nothing about, Chennai, um, you know. And and those wow. of, those of you that don't know about India, uh, every state has a different language, different culture, different way of of uh, you know doing things. Um, where you can't even buy groceries if you don't know the lo- local language. These days, you know, it's much more multicultural and multilinguistic. Uh, but back in the day, <laughs> uh, not so much. So it's it's uh, it was interesting, right? It's it's about that pivot once again. Right, right. So why rock mechanics? Ah, yes. Uh, I, I I forgot about that part of the question, didn't I? Uh, <laughs> so, no worries. Um, my undergrad was electronics and instrumentation, and it was very, uh, very colorful undergrad because, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I say this with, uh, as, as blatantly honestly as I can. Uh, at the end of my final year, I had 27 year, uh, arrears in my hand. Uh, last semester, 27 arrears, essentially you should be doing five uh, subjects and a, and a project, and that's about it. Right. Um, so, <laughs> you know, when I got to my final semester, my dad phoned me up and said, listen, according to me, engineering is four years. I don't know what you're doing here. And uh, that was the light bulb that went off to say, hey, I need to get my act 
together, uh, get through all of this, and and cleared most you know most of them in that last semester and took another six months to finish it. So right. looking back, um, that didn't mean anything at the end of the day. Um, at that point in time, you know, 2002, that was the end of the world for me. I didn't finish my engineering in four four years. I've got two subjects outstanding. What am I going to do? Am I ever going to get a job? Uh, am, am I going to go do higher studies and all this kind of stuff? Uh, and mm. well, made, made peace with it, moved on, went back to the Middle East, got a little job as a trainee engineer um, in instrumentation, thank goodness, Right. <laughs> looking at <laughs> sensors and scatter systems and all these things. And I sat back and I said, okay, um, I did engineering Um got through it, passed it, got a job. Now I need to see where I can go and apply these things and yet make a career for myself. Uh, And that was the point in time when mining as a whole, uh, people were dropping out in the sense, you know, dangerous work environment, the People didn't like it. And there was a lot of automation that was coming into play. And, and the whole idea of instrumentation is automation. Um, yeah. So what do I do? Let me go study this. And, and I went and uh, looked up various universities and wanted to get into a master's program one way or the other. Uh, Australia was one of the options, but I couldn't fund it myself. Right. Um, and then found the fifth best school for mining on the planet, which was uh, WITS University out of South Africa. Um, and University like, okay. of Witwatersrand. University of Witwatersrand. Uh, that that was a good Afrikaans accent, Ben. <laughs> thank you, thank you very much. <laughs> so so uh, I decided, yes, let's do this. Uh, didn't know Jack about South Africa, but having moved and pivoted so much, I was like, listen, this is this is time for reinvention again. Uh, let's do this, right? Let's let's make this happen, and uh, ended up in in South Africa to do my postgrad in rock mechanics. That's pretty much so the journey. Two years, three years in Joburg, or um... uh, actually ten years in Joburg, to be to be honest. Okay. Uh, so started in rock mechanics, and uh, that's you know two years into rock mechanics is when the pivot happened to get into technology. Right, and was there like a defining moment that you said, okay, wait? Rock mechanics is just the start, but technology is where I see myself going. Like, see, the, the, what I'm trying to get uh, to the crux of is that most people assume that there is a fixed path or there is a way that's, that, that my life is set in such a pattern or there is a, a methodology that I need to follow for success to reach, right? Um, or I need to reach success. You've outright basically mentioned Hey, I had 27 arrears in my undergraduation, not even sure if I, I qualify for something like that. And then you've pivoted and gone into rock mechanics. What was it that, that now got your attention that you said, okay, I've got to change um, the way I'm looking at this? Right. So, you know, one thing that, that's very, very obvious, uh, at least from my experiences, is yes, there is a set path. You can follow it. Um, it works for some people. There's, there's no doubt about it, right? It, it, it is a tried and tested method that people can do things yeah. in and so on and so forth. But based on my experience, nothing is straightforward. Um, so uh, got into rock mechanics, was brilliant, did a couple of interviews, and that's when nationalization started happening in South Africa. And, okay. uh, you know, as a foreigner, it wasn't, wasn't the greatest place to be. Um, so, you know, I, I still remember... Uh, my graduation was on the, if I'm right, the 8th of October 2005 was my graduation. 
Wow. Uh, and I was sitting there saying, now what? Because now my student permit's expiring and don't have a job. What do I do? Uh, the 5th, October the 5th was my birthday. Uh, and, and you know, I'm lying around and, and thinking, what next? What do I do? I mean, this is you know, <laughs> end of the world, doomsday scenario. <laughs> and right. might as well go back home and join some government agency or the other. Right. That, that right. was the thinking. And on the 5th afternoon, uh, uh, an IT firm called me up and said, hey, we got your CV. We're interested. Uh, can you come have a conversation with us? And I'm like, what? Really? Technology? What? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> so so fate threw you a card. Uh, fate threw me a card, right? So it was it was one of those things where, you know, you, ne- you never look at technology, right? Straight out of university, after finishing my my engineering, you know, you, I could have got into any of those Infosys or the TCS or the Accentures of the world one way or the other. Uh, right. Gone through that program and, and I said, no, I want to chase after what I studied. Not that I studied much, but <laughs> chase <laughs> after what I studied in my undergrad and so on and so forth. So this was a, this was a spin. So went in and, mm. you know, didn't know nothing about coding, nothing about, well, knew a bit of coding actually uh but it was interesting from a tech perspective that i've I've been on the periphery used technology but never been in it um i still remember the interview uh, it was interesting because uh, this was a, a mid-market firm out of south africa who called me and sat down had a, a two-hour interview with three different people and wow. uh, they came back to me and said hey uh, we want you and i said guys are you sure because there's i i don't have a technology background and they were like no that that's not why we're hiring you we we like your your thinking we like the way you approach problems we like the way you gather uh you know information for ideation and get mm. to a solution and and i think that's the key part of engineering that a lot of us miss uh we've been trained to think to be exact to be you know everything is ones and zeros and so on and so forth uh and and you know problem solving is what we learn out of these four years of engineering or even you know a postgrad and so on and so forth so that came to my aid so when i say you know, multi-potentialite, uh, that's, you know, the term came up recently, well, when I say recently, a couple of years ago, there was a TED Talk by Emily Wapnick, uh, mm. where she talks about multi-potentialite. And, and the idea is you can idea synthesis quickly. You can do rapid learning and you can adapt quickly, right? Mm. The, a, a term was coined for us, um, of for those who have these multiple facets of interests. Uh, right. We go after one and then, you know, the next thing comes up and we go after the rest. And, you know, we term the scanners or squirrels or whatever you want, but we are training ourselves to get there, right? Um, so nature versus nurture, both apply. There are there are natural multipotentialites and there's people who have trained themselves to become multipotentialites. And right. if you look at the tech industry today, what we need are multi-potentialites. It's no longer one-dimensional. You're no longer just doing infrastructure. You're not doing just applications. The the cusp of all these spheres have all merged and, and you need to know uh, enough about everything and enough to to solve problems at a quick pace. Got it. Got it. So... um Technology, you started your technology journey out in South Africa. Um, and then from there, where did you, I mean, like, what was the next pivot? Because you said your life is full of pivots and I can see that that quite clearly. So <laughs> what's the next pivot? So, you know, I started my, my 
tech career, so to say, as a business analyst, project manager, so understanding requirements, you know, putting all that together. From there, it grew into still maintaining, you know, I said it was a mid-market firm, so it's a, it's a small firm and you have to play multiple roles. Um, you know, you're doing a little bit of account management, account planning, and all this kind of stuff, which, which excited me, right? Um, mm. But at the root of all of this was problem solving. How do I solve a problem for a client? And how can I solve it? And, and soon, it was very evident it's not technology alone that'll solve a problem but it, it, people play a major role right. so you know after four years at this firm i decided let me go into independent consulting uh and got into the the public sector in south africa being a a full-on technocrat slash technical consulting person voice of reason uh where you go in and sit with government departments understand the it strategy how do i put things together what is a project management office and what should it have um you know how do you approach problems can can i reuse technology stacks that are already there build versus buy all of these concepts uh, and at the same time being highly political understanding the end goal and 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 understanding the funding mechanisms and how best can you make things happen so that was the true um, game changer if you ask me so did that for the rest of the time uh, while i was in south africa from roughly you know 2010 onwards uh, 2010 was a was a big change in south africa because uh, you know the world cup was hosted there and a lot of people started thinking about yeah. oh you know things can be done this way things can happen this way or we can host a world cup why can't we do a b and c right, right. so um, thought patterns changed helped me grow a great deal more and and i think that was the 10 years in south africa which groomed me for the rest of the roles so i love i love the aspect that you mentioned here saying that um you know the world cup changed the way people think in south africa as a whole but more so thought patterns change and you were molded by those thought patterns right um assuming that you had uh, like your um assuming your childhood uh since it was in the middle east right um was fundamentally a method of thinking that you had or it, it set the initial method of thinking then you moved for your education into uh india and then moved for your further education to um south africa um how drastically did that thought pattern change what were the significant differences in the way you thought about a problem that uh, like how did it change that helped you in your journey so far fair question fair question so you know when i say the middle east is a bubble and, and a lot of people who grew up in the middle east will will know this i, I don't think it has drastically changed anymore um, you are always exposed to a certain one dimensional state of it's it's not got it um everyone's middle class one way or the other uh the problems mm. are very similar so your thinking and thought pattern and the people you you are exposed to are all in the same vein i'm not saying the same but similar um moving to right. india was essentially um you know drinking from the fire hose you, you you're exposed to a huge number of people any person who studied in india knows they have interacted with you know, plus minus 100,000 people. <laughs> so yeah. that, that yeah. gives you exposure beyond belief, you know, in, in multiple facets. Uh, it gives you exposure to 
thought patterns, you know, bias, um, the way you approach problems, the kind of problems, right? Right. Um, and and what you're exposed and, and 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 the information that is in front of you. Like first so, world problems versus uh, third world problems. Absolutely, absolutely, and and you understand that there are more than one way to to skin a cat or approach a problem. <laughs> there's <laughs> right. no right way. There's no wrong way. It's about getting to the answer and as quickly right. as possible because times are wasting, right? So mm. that that I think clued up my head in a different way. Um, moving to Chennai even pushed it further because now. I am from Kerala. I am in Chennai, and this particular college I was studying at, um, there were very few Malayalis, or frankly, no one I knew. So, first year of hostel, getting involved with people who, uh, so that that's an interesting story, actually. So, when I got into first year in my my hostel room, there were three of us. Mm. Um, there was one chap who did who knew Tamil, who understood Malayalam, didn't know a word of English because he was, you know. Tamil uh, medium educated. Uh, right. The second chap was Tamilian. He knew Tamil and English, uh, did not know Malayalam. And then there's me who knew Malayalam and, and English. So the three of us could not have a conversation without the three of us being present. <laughs> wow. What a, what a combination. <laughs> Yet we were in the same class doing projects together, working together on things. And uh, yeah, it was interesting. So the first couple of months, I think uh, all three of us learned Malayalam, Tamil and uh, and English. English. So <laughs> interesting. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that that's the pivot I'm talking about. Constantly, you know, life throws these wonderful scenarios at you. And you can either say, oh, you know, I put my hands up. This is not according to my plan. I don't know what to do. Um, I can't go forward this way and give up. Or, you know, use it to your best advantage. You've got some of those skills within you. You know, focus on your strengths and build some of the weaknesses up and, and you're good to go. Awesome. Awesome. All right. I'm going to take a pause on your journey at this point in time. Um, I'm sure that you have, over your course uh, of your career, recruited a lot of freshers, right? And as young listeners listening in today, one of the questions that they would be asking is, okay, so um, we get it that you've made enough and more changes in in, in your uh, career, why should that apply to mine? And, you know, what do I need to be prepared for when I come into an interview? Or what is it that I should approach uh, a job or a career with? Yep. And, uh, you know, that's that's a valid point. And, and you know, within River Meadow, we've been hiring a lot of folks, uh, freshers and otherwise. And the key thing you look for is aptitude and attitude. These two things you can't teach, right? Uh, could Every you say that again? Be- attitude and? Attitude and aptitude. Got it. Aptitude right. and attitude. Yeah. Everything else you can teach. Aptitude and attitude you can't. Um, so when I say aptitude and attitude, it's the attitude to approaching something. Attitude to how to get things done. Um, taking ownership, for example. You know, River Meadow is a startup in its 10th year. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, the startup nature of things are basically, you're not in a silo. You, you might want to, you know, I still do project documentation at this stage. Um, mm. I still get involved in projects. <laughs> um, you know, everyone on, on on the team can do migrations at this stage, right? So it's about having a multifaceted approach or having the attitude to accept it. That listen, I I can do this. I can do it, make it happen one way or the other. No one's you know expecting you to know everything. 
that that's the fallacy that that we need to get over um and and have the attitude to say i don't know it but hey i can learn it right right um the second thing is the aptitude for things um the underst- so when i say aptitude it's social and technical aptitude the mm. aptitude to read a room which these days is getting really difficult because no one's in person yeah <laughs> but understanding what is expected how to approach things everything is not by the book there are there are soft skills that people need to learn and and hone on um on how to approach and elicit information from your own superiors from your peers from your clients etc cetera, etc cetera. and mm. and those are the two things that people look for um the other thing is also try and internalize and accept or make it your own when people ask you interview questions um so you know when when someone's interviewing you if you come with a book answer um chances are people like me will look at it and say okay so you've learned all these things i'm going to throw you a, a monkey wrench let's see how you <laughs> how you you know react to that yeah, yeah so so you know it's it's not just bookish knowledge but understanding more than just mugging up what's there right right and- could you i mean i'm not sure if you would have a a a scenario you could probably explain like do you have a, an example of a time when you threw that monkey wrench sure i've had monkey wrenches thrown to me and and <laughs> thrown at thrown it at <laughs> <laughs> so you know for example figuratively listeners figuratively not practically <laughs> Well, practically if the 27 areas and my parents, but hey. <laughs> <laughs> right. But but jokes aside, it's it's about uh, let, let me pose a very simple question, right? So if you if you look at cloud is now the norm, right? Everybody wants right. to go to the cloud, all the clients want to go to the cloud. Um every company is talking about cloud and it's it's a hype word right now. But Correct. what does it actually mean? right mm. um if you look at the cloud migration space there's multiple ways to move across right move your workloads to the cloud be it lift and shift be it all sorts of weird and wonderful stuff and jargons being thrown around and no one understands any of it so one to, of the anyway mon- absolutely <laughs> i mean so you know one of the monkey wrenches i throw at people is okay so you're approaching a client um how do you understand what they need to do and how they need to do and pitch me a business case i'm not talking about financials yet but pitch me a business case or a value prop of moving to the cloud and and mm-hmm. that gives me insight on one knowledge two the amount of research that's done and three the thinking because there's multiple ways of doing this thing so this is typically one of the monkey wrenches i throw at people and and depending on the answer uh, there's no right answer to be honest <laughs> but it gives me insight into how this person's thinking given they want a career in in cloud right so i i want to double back to your journey down to um river meadow and canada um where up to the point where you're consulting in in South Africa what happened from that point i mean most people would assume that okay as a consultant you're going to go and then start your own consulting gig and you know grow it as big as you can and you know be an entrepreneur so what happened all right so the world of tech is a fickle monster <laughs> and <laughs> okay. and and you have to constantly pivot and upgrade yourself uh, it's 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 the truth with 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 uh, most professions but with uh, tech you know the latest and greatest tech you have to keep yourself updated one two right. you need to you know get experience and understand what this thing is um so 
in South Africa, 2014, I made the conscious decision that, listen, there's a lot of work that is happening around cloud, around strategy. Um, mm. I've kind of got to the end of my rope with a pool perspective of what I can do in South Africa and right. need to move, right? So I started interviewing at firms and, and a couple of folks from Accenture at that point um, mm-hmm. reached out to me and said, hey, we hear you're moving to India. How about moving with a, with a, with a job, right? And, and I was like, oh, right. okay, that, that looks good. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> so <laughs> in, <laughs> interviewed with Accenture, got into their strategy practice, mainly looking at cloud. So it's a, was looking at okay. the cloud strategy angle, looking at how to you know assess things, how to uh, make sense of where they need to move, how they need to move, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Then from there, got into the complete infra space of of journey to cloud, which was the, the mm. proposition that Accenture was putting to the market at the time on how we can move people at pace, uh, quickly, fast, and all these kind of things within within uh, you know the cloud space and across right. clouds. So you know that 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 just opened my eyes because till till that point, uh, believe it or not, I was an application person, right? I, used, okay. I was an application project manager. I was eliciting information for applications. The whole idea was ERPs, et cetera, et cetera. And, the, the, and I used to run away from infrastructure because I never understood it or wanted to. <laughs> Right, and, and now it was learning about all this because it was a new life that was uh, breathed into infrastructure, right? Right. Um, with with cloud, so uh, got in at the uptake of that, got a lot of exposure. Uh, while at Accenture, I, I presented to over 170 CIOs, um, talking about, and this was international CIOs who came down to India, um, having these closed sessions with four or five people from their organizations and, and talking about cloud strategy and how you could approach this and talking about our learnings and all this wonderful stuff. Um, mm. So, you know, that was interesting. And from there, um, believe it or not, uh, I was quite comfortable. For once in my life, I was like, okay, maybe I don't need to pivot. I am happy here. <laughs> Finally, you know, and it has to do with age and, and changes in personal life, like getting married and so on and so forth. Where right. I was like, okay, I, I can I can ride this pony for a while. <laughs> I've, I've, I've made it. I've achieved it. You know, this is where I wanted to be. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm I'm realigning from the renegade way of growing to hey here's a happy path I can go up this way and that's it uh, and believe it or not my wife is also a uh, multi potentialite right <laughs> she's she's a she's an she's also an instrumentation engineer who did uh, you know oil and gas and all this wonderful stuff and then wow. became a photographer got into uh, creating adverts ad agencies etc cetera, etc cetera, and yeah all these kind of my things. my goodness okay uh, <laughs> so <laughs> we're still talking. Uh, about you man <laughs> <laughs> i know i get it i get it but you know it's it's about the whole package at the end of the day <laughs> totally, totally. so you know at, at that point in time i was getting uncomfortable and she wasn't that that's the honest truth and and uh, we decided listen let's let's look at canada for a change and i was completely opposed to it initially um and uh, we applied for an express entry kind of uh, principle and uh, got through it and got here and luckily again another transfer via accenture and i was in in canada and uh, at that point in time, you know, that itch starts happening. Mm. <laughs> You're like, oh, okay, now now a new place. Hey, uh, I have pivoted yet again. Uh, you know, the, the, the boundaries are limitless. Let me look at something else. And then did the tour of mid-market consulting with PwC, uh, was an associate partner with, with IBM, and uh, 
again, with River Meadow, there's an interesting story behind this. In uh, 2017, I actually re- reviewed the River Meadow product uh, uh-huh. for use with an Accenture. And at that point in time, the product was not mature. And, right. uh, you know, that was my first interaction with River Meadow. Um, then I did some independent consulting while I was with, with uh, in, in Canada uh, with one of the financial uh, clients out here. And right. uh, River Meadow came up again as a viable migration tool. And I started looking at it more in depth, uh, looking at the, the market picture out there, having a conversation with a couple of folks in the organization, et cetera. Hmm. And, you know, and that was the end of that. And I moved on. And, and uh, while I was at IBM, um, the CEO of Rometta phoned me up and said, hey, uh, Rego, I know we've had conversations before. Here's a value prop. What do you think? Right. And, and we spent a couple of weeks talking about this in the sense uh, they, they wanted to pivot to a services-based organization. They wanted to look at, um, you know, offering services to the market because, um, believe it or not, only 50% of enterprises have still moved to the cloud one way, shape, or form. Wow. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's a period of not understanding what this thing is. And like I was saying, the market is, is very fickle. Um, mm. Different uh, messages come through and, and no one's able to hone in on that one message that makes sense for them. No one so, really knows what what everyone is talking about. Literally, absolutely, absolutely. So, um, you know, it was it was that opportunity for me to build a practice out of all my learnings over the years. Build a practice of, like I said, with the core tenant of being a multi potentialite, uh, right. with the core tenant of of having ownership and and you know, almost uh, to not to sound blasphemous, but building something in my image <laughs> right? And, and putting a team in place that is amazing and, and gets things done, right? So all the do's and don'ts of all I've learned and imparting that into one place. And that's that's how I got into River Meadow. And, and you won't believe me. Um, many of you will, will hear this in, in the course of your career as you go through this, where you move jobs too quickly and someone's looking at you and saying, oh, no, no, it's not good. Um, right. I've been at River Meadow for two and a half years now. And honestly, this is the, the longest I've been with any one gig slash organization. So there, wow. there must be something to it. <laughs> wow. That's, that's quite, uh, <laughs> yeah, there must be something to it, I guess. Awesome. So as a multi-potentialite and as somebody who has pivoted so often, right? Life has thrown options to you, opportunities at you. You've also had the opportunity to um, pick and choose uh, and say, okay, let me give this a shot. And then something comes out of it. Um, case in point being your migration to uh, Australia. Um, is there something that you probably said no to that you regret today and said, oh, you know what? I probably should have taken that or I, I should have, um, you know, made that jump or taken that leap of faith, so to speak. Again, uh, very, very valid question. And, and it's about, yes. So, you know, there's, there's multiple things that life throws at you multiple opportunities professionally and otherwise that, that life throws at you. The the idea is to evaluate it very quickly, right? And once you take a decision, it's a decision. You have path A, path B, um, depending on your mindset and thinking and what is available to you from resources at that point in time, you make a decision. And once you make a decision, you move forward. So from a regret perspective, honestly, do not get into that uh, thinking as my personal uh, you know, thought pattern there in the sense uh, no right. regrets, move forward, 
things might work, things might not work, but always remember that you will learn. And and whatever you learn can be applied to the next thing or, or the third thing or the next thing, right? It, it will always come handy. Case in point, 27 arrears, and then what do you do next? Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, sorry, I just had to bring that in there. B- awesome. Below the belt, below the belt, Ben. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know how it goes. <laughs> oh, boy. Awesome. Well, um, I think what I want to, the question that I want to ask you at this juncture is, um, you've had a full career so far. I, I'm, I'm assuming this is what, um, 15, 20 years now? Yep, 20 plus years going. Yep. 20 plus years going. Okay, awesome. So in 20 years, um, or with a, as a person who's got 20 years under his belt, um, pivoting, experience, um, what life can throw at you, all of that put together, what would you go and tell that young man who, uh, who was in that dormitory with his two friends uh, as an advice? Uh, if you had the ability to go back on a time machine and basically see what you could, I mean, like have that conversation, what would you have? Or what was the one piece of advice that you would give them? Hmm, that's, that's very deep. Um, see, like I said, I, I live my life with no regrets, devoid of whether success or failure, right? So the only advice I would give is stay the path, right? Stay the path and maybe apply a little bit more focus on some aspects, and I'm not talking about just studies, but some aspects need a little bit more focus. Could have uh, shortened the duration of that aha moment, but uh, we right. are a collection of our experiences and what we do. Um, so, you know, you could have got that experience quicker, faster, uh, because that is the name of the game right now. It's all about speed. It's all about getting things done faster and more accurately. Um, so that that's the only piece of advice. But uh, from doing anything differently, no, do it. Do it all. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. All right. So quick couple of questions. Um, what's your favorite book? The River Guard by Wilbur Smith. Um, so oh, my it's, goodness. It's, it's one of those books where... It was amazing. I mean, I, I sat down and I just went through it in one evening. <laughs> I, I, I will, I will, I have to pitch in here. I'm so sorry. And um, a friend of mine, when I was studying in college, basically um, introduced me to Wilbur Smith and I read it. And as a person who has seen Africa and grew up there, when he talks about the golden shades of the grass, the dried grass, Absolutely. Absolutely. Right, you you can imagine it, and you can only imagine it if you've seen the savanna grasslands of South Africa or Southern oh, Africa, for sure. For sure. And for he sure. describes I, it so well. It's it's absolutely phenomenal, and and I think that was you know subconsciously maybe that's what pushed me to go to South Africa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you read it pre South Africa? I read it while I was in Chennai. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> And the best part of this is, you know, you pick up a Wilbur Smith book and you either love him or you hate him and you get yeah. into it and you go wild and then you start reading all his other books and then you exactly. learn about Africa and all this wonderful stuff. Yeah. Um, and uh, the funny part is when I was in South Africa in 20, I think it was 2007, um, where I went on a uh, on a 
business trip to Cape Town uh, and the client mm. canceled that particular meeting. And I was with, with another friend of mine and this, this buddy of mine was a, was a radio presenter at, at one of the local radio stations called me up and said, Hey, uh, what are you doing right now? I want you here <laughs> in my offices right now, like in the next five minutes. I'm like, why just come. And I got to nice. meet Wilbur Smith in person. That, oh that my was, that was amazing. It was amazing. Yeah. Wow. So that, that was like, you know, meeting your, 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 you know, that, that personality that you're looking up to and you've read all his books and you want to meet him. To die person. for, man. To die right. for. <laughs> I've, got a, I've got a picture to prove it as well. So that's that's brilliant. <laughs> oh, phenomenal. I mean, um, I missed him when he came to Chennai. Um, I read his books after I came back from uh, Botswana. And so I was, I read it in, in Chennai as well. Um, but uh, I, I, it, it it was literally in hindsight and i was reminiscing about my time right. in africa right so right. It, it was it, it's completely different okay this is supposed to be really quick questions and we ended up talking <laughs> about this <laughs> uh, <laughs> phenomenal um what's the favorite part about your job that you love people people and more people right so it's it's dealing with people problem solving and understanding how to approach things. So, um, you know, with, with uh, River Meadow right now and what we put in place, it's a very flat structure. Everyone takes full ownership of what they do and, and problem solving and, and raise your hand and let's get involved and, and solve for X. And, and if X doesn't work, we'll go find Y and Z and, and their brother and <laughs> their sister or whoever <laughs> it is and, and fix things, right? So it's, it's nice. playing that voice of reason, problem solving constantly, being on your toes, understanding what next, where's the market heading to and, and uh, pivoting based on that. So this, wow. this keeps me alive. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Um, are you an iPhone or an Android user? Android all the way. <laughs> okay. So living in North America, I'm sure iPhones have a lot of uh, market share. How do you find that? Um, well, for one, I think uh, my boss owns an iPhone and he can't FaceTime me. That's a good thing. But jokes aside. <laughs> <laughs> right. I've, I've always been an Android user, right? Um, devoid of Apple products. You know, I, I think Apple's great. Uh, they've got amazing security patches and the, and the platform's optimized for the, for, the, for the software or vice versa. Um, it's a brilliant tool. But I guess I'm just geared towards Android and having be having the ability to root things, uh, having right. the ability not to pay for certain products. And uh, I, I know my CTO, Greg, is sitting there and saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I pay for it, but at least it works on my phone. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. so the, the war continues, but personally, I prefer Android. Okay, cool. And uh, what's the most used app on your phone? Instagram, surprisingly. <laughs> Wow, for so, an '80s '80s guy, I'm 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 genuinely surprised. <laughs> love Instagram. I love the aspect of these short bursts of of information that comes through. Um, the, you know, the comical value is a different aspect, but there's this short bursts of information that comes through that's digestible, and and you know, you you can grasp so much information uh, in five minutes while you're waiting for a bus or you're waiting to commute somewhere or you're just taking a break. Um, it's it's really nice. I, I enjoy it. Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, do you have a splurge goal? 
Yeah, uh, you know, uh, you're making me uh, show the geek in me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the oh. point. This is the tech career show. I mean, if you're going to be in technology and you're going to have a career in tech, you might as well bring the geek out. <laughs> so I'm a huge fan of Lego, right? Um, so I've, oh. I've tried different things to to empty my mind. Uh, you know, a lot of us face this way. There's too many voices in your head. It's only a problem when you respond back to them. But right. <laughs> jokes aside. <laughs> um, but, you know, you, you're constantly bombarded with information and then you need those spaces of where you can empty your head and do things. Um, I, I used to find... Uh, golf helpful because you're competing with yourself. Uh, but yeah. since then, Lego is the only thing that helps me empty my mind. So there's something really nice about following instructions and putting something together. And at the end of the day, you find this amazing design that you've built with just simple blocks. Um, so, so since then, I've, I've now got into mocks where it's it's building your own design. You drop your design and you order the parts okay. and you build something out of them. Uh, but Spurs Road is basically buying every single Lego set I ever wanted out there. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Uh, any any favorite um, Lego set that comes to your mind that you think is the best? Like, I, I would go for the, the Millennium Falcon any day. But uh, The Millennium Falcon's interesting, but uh, there's a mock design of uh, one of the castles um, in Lord of the Rings, they've, they've actually built an entire city um, oh, with, wow. you know, the walls, with the giant statues that stand there as you're bringing your boat in and all of that kind of stuff. I think it's around 300,000 parts, um, costs $5,000. So like I said, I'll, I'll win the lotto and then get into that. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic, Rijo. Hey, so um, any final words of advice that you would have for young listeners listening into the show and um, anything that you would like to share with them personally? So, you know, given the ties to Africa, I just want to mention, this is one phrase that I really, really enjoy. And the whole, whole you know, I'll, I'll try and paraphrase it as best as I can, right? So, you know, every morning the gazelle wakes up knowing that it has to outrun the fastest lion or it'll be killed, right? Yep. And every morning the lion wakes up knowing that it has to run faster than the slowest gazelle or it'll starve. Exactly. <laughs> so the, the key thing is the sun comes up, you better be running. <laughs> no yeah, matter if totally. you're a gazelle or a lion, right? So I think the key thing here is no path is the same, right? Uh, don't let yourself go down uh, knowing the the peripheries of where you are right now is 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 ominous so not not giving a clear answer for you it's about pushing forward um seeing the the forest past the trees and just have the ability to constantly pivot you know you you'll be amazed what comes out of it and always be learning fantastic well that brings us to the end of our show rijo and um I have to say it's been pleasantly um, interesting, especially given the African connection. And, uh, you know, that, that, that saying ultimately is something that I've also heard as I grew up. Um, but it's been a pleasure to have you here. And I think um, River Meadow has an amazing asset in you. And um, I'm really happy that you could take the time to come and spend with 
us here so the young listeners out there, young tech graduates could actually hear your story and understand that, hey, there's no one size fits all. Um, you've gone from uh, becoming a rock mechanic all the way to a cloud uh, engineer, so to speak, right? And that's a journey and it's about taking that journey and never giving up and keeping on running, as you said. So we want to take... Uh, I, I want to take this time to say thank you so much uh, for joining us on the Tech Career Show. Thanks, Ben. Like I said, you know, uh, truly happy to be here and and love the guys that you love the stuff that you're doing with with this platform. Um, you know, it's it's getting the word out to to youngsters out there who are aspiring uh, technocrats uh, and understanding that there's no one size fits all. Fits all. So uh, well done to you and your team uh, to putting all this together, and thank you so much for having me. Most welcome. Thanks a ton. Enjoyed listening to this podcast? Well, follow us and hit that subscribe button and let us know what you think. And don't forget to tune in to the next edition of the podcast right here. This podcast of the Tech Career Show was brought to you by Impactiers.club.